Welcome to Storyboard. I'm Lars. I'm Meg. Today we're closing out the year with some wild films we've recently discovered and doing a good old-fashioned movie pitch. Pull up a chair, baby. We went with this theme because who doesn't need a little bit of an escape these <laughs> days? And you may as well just go all in on a roller coaster films. So, you know, we're just going to go with some tasty flicks, I guess. <laughs> Something to distract us yeah, from the craziness outside. We can just focus in on some craziness on the screen. Yes, definitely. Um, well, I'll start us off. Um, this one I saw a little while ago. It It is hard to track down. I don't think I could. So I'm sure someone really clever on the Silk Road, <laughs> the dark <laughs> web that I'm so scared of could maybe find it. But it's um, The Fan, or I don't know German, but like Der Fan. I don't Ooh. know. But yeah, anyway, The Fan from 1982. And it's the, yeah, the German one, because I think there's a movie called The Fan from like 1981 that's like um, American. So it's the German one directed by Eckhart Schmidt. Um, So basically it's a teenage girl. She's obsessed with a a male pop star. Um, She manages to meet him and it's been kind of a minute. So uh, I could be wrong about like some of the the tete-a-tete of it all, but you know, there's a little flirtation and... Um, I think she like sees him like make his music video. Um, so there, you know, there's lots of good 80s, uh, you know, style and music. I'm okay. I'm not really sure. Maybe I should mention consent stuff here because I can't remember her age and all mm. that kind of stuff in Germany in the 80s. But I, I believe they go to uh, his apartment and then he is like pretty much makes it clear that he doesn't want to be her boyfriend. And then things go like, super off the rails because you're kind of like oh like what's this gonna be and like or is it gonna be like uh uh-oh like um me too situation and then it really turns (laughs) and uh yeah it gets pretty violent but like it's still stylish and it's so crazy that you just can't look away so it's I guess like audition I haven't seen audition so I don't know if it's like in that realm but it's very shocking Mm. but I don't know. So I guess if it's, I don't know. I can't, I can't remember how exactly like violent it is, but it's very nutso. Okay. So I think it's worth a watch just because you're like, what? I mean, that's why you're here for the wild ride. Right. right so exactly. um, yeah. And the alternate title uh, was blood groupie. So if that gives you like a sense of that like, does give okay, you a kind of bit. like, okay. Yeah. Um, and I know we've talked about that sort of bullshit trope of the woman stalker like stalking mm-hmm. man and um, like kind of like play Misty for me. And I was like, that's, that's a bunch of bullshit. Um, and those, I think it's just like, those can be really shrill. And I don't think this one is shrill. Mm. It's just like, in fact, it's like, I think it's like not a lot of dialogue. Um, oh, interesting. So yeah. Um, but yeah, just cuts to the bone. Hint, hint. <laughs> uh, 
That's and, you and um, your like poster art for them. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's my pull quote. Um, but yeah, and the director has done, um, I was looking at his, you know, filmography and there's a lot of interesting looking stuff on there. So I don't know a lot about him, but some, uh, some interesting films from him I'll have to explore as well. So how about you? Well, I'll, I think this is, my first one is probably, this is like the mildest ride <laughs> of the three, yeah. but it's just like pure fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's The President's Analyst from 1967, directed by Theodore Flicker. Hmm. So it's James Coburn plays a psychoanalyst in New York, you know, late 60s, <laughs> uh, some fabulous uh stovepipe sort of I almost said pantsuits but it's a regular suit <laughs> yeah he's wearing these fabulous men's he's, he's pantsuits a, you know, a man is just a suit when it's a woman <laughs> yeah. it's it's a pantsuit we gotta explain it's things so weird I think no you know what I'm sticking with pantsuits he's, he's wearing, wearing a pantsuit okay yeah, he's, wearing, he's not wearing a skirt suit <laughs> that's right yeah um so he one day is visited by one of his uh patients I almost said clients, but that's social work. Patience, who's played by a Godfrey Cambridge, who was kind of like big in stand-up comedy in the 60s. And Cambridge is a CE agent, not, but it's, well, I'll get into that. But he's like, it's basically the CIA um, oh. and reveals to him. So basically he's been seeing him for months and kind of been like, oh, I, I feel so bad that I have to like kill people. What am I going to do? And then- kind of it, like in the opener it, he's reveals that he's been like scoping him out because the u.s government wants james coburn to be the president's analyst mm-hmm. but it's like oh he's under so much pressure and he just needs somebody to talk to and you can't you know it's like oh what a tough job blah 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 <laughs> so he gets kind of whisked away um and then pretty quickly the president just starts relying on him constantly and he's like constantly on call and like he has to like live in this house with his girlfriend but they're like actually your girlfriend's kind of like a like compromise so she can't live with you and he basically yeah. just kind of has a bit of a very 60s style like nervous breakdown and is like I can't take yeah. it I can't take the pressure but they're gonna kill me if I, I know too much because he knows too much he's the man yeah, yeah. who knows too much so then he like goes on the run um and like slips out with these tourists who are like liberals from New Jersey who are very funny oh the man in the couple is played by um what the heck is the guy on Boy Meets World, the like principal or teacher or whatever? It's that. Guy. I know who you mean. I cannot think of his name, but it was like Mr. I can't Mr. think of his name. Something. William Daniels, I think. Mm. I know exactly anyway. who you mean, but I I didn't really watch that show a lot, so I can't remember his name. <laughs> yeah, same. Um, but he's that guy. Okay. And then, you know, hangs out with like a hippie band and he's just, he's going all over. It's just a really fun, if you like this kind of what's up doc style 60s comedy Ooh, 60s, 70s, right. yeah oh okay that's overselling it because i that movie yeah, yeah. is like <laughs> legitimately one of the funniest movies i've ever seen i'm yes. revealing myself to be like a total nerd but it's true oh james quotes it it's his favorite movie to quote he quotes okay it well that makes me feel better well it sounds interesting i've never i've never heard of it or that i i mean maybe it's one of those i'd know the poster but i didn't like uh, remember the title or something but it sounds well, very interesting it was suppressed because mm-hmm. so the other like antagonists in the movie are the i think it's they're called the fbr and it's supposed to be like the fbi <laughs> it's dubbed so originally in the movie it was cia and fbi but j edgar oh. hoover got a hold oh, of the script God. 
and was so enraged because like the CIA actually comes like let me just put it this way this is not like a a leftist movie like the CIA Mm -hmm. comes across pretty good they're like oh they're so like germane and they're Mm -hmm. trying to kill this guy or they're trying to catch this guy but they're not trying to Mm -hmm. kill him and then this FBI comes across like as bad as they were but also it makes a lot of fun of them like the head of Mm -hmm. the FBR is just like this really (laughs) prosaic kind of angry little man and mm. so the movie only was in theaters for a couple weeks and then the FBI had it pulled and like basically Flickr like lost out on all these job opportunities and yeah. didn't work in Hollywood for like a while he and his wife lost their house all because yeah. Jan Hoover was like so offended at the portrayal of the FBI so you kind of like owe yeah. it to yourself and the yeah. film to see it um, do. There's actually some really interesting commentary, especially like in the days of Amazon, like about the role of corporations um, hmm. in our lives. Yeah. But it's a fun movie. And I mean, if the FBI worked so hard to suppress it, it's worth it's worth, it's a, worth watch. a watch. Um, where is it? Is it available? Or maybe you said it. It was on. It was actually on Criterion because it might be. It's probably on, still on Criterion right now because they had a whole group of movies about like psychology on film Mm. like psychiatry um so it was on there but I actually think that it might even be on canopy because there were there's a bunch of movies that I've like watched on criterion and then I'm sad that I didn't save them for my movie club so it could be on there as well I was gonna say oh is there um are the patients on like a couch are they like lying Yes, Late, like whether, you know, down on a couch. Okay, because that's very important to me that he's like in, in a what's it called, like an Eames chair? Or yeah. I'm probably not saying that right, but like, yeah. And then, um, and then they are on a couch. So it's just really important for me to know that. Yeah, well, you don't actually get to see the president. You just see him go into the special oh. room, and then he comes out. But oh, other okay. patients, other patients, you you do see. Okay, good, good. <laughs> well, my um, next two, last two, are both on movie, and I don't know if you've been on movie in a second. But I just like spontaneously got a year subscription because I was like, um, I haven't, um, I stopped reading Criterion just for a minute. I'd like to get back on it. Um, you're reminding me. But all of a sudden, movie has more than, usually they just have one new movie per day. So they have pretty much 30 at any given time. And they've like really expanded. And um, yeah, they, I think their whole library yeah. is now like you can watch it, right? I remember getting some about yeah that. i'm not sure how many are in there but it i mean like and they also had it according to my watch list so things that were already in my watch list are like here's what's available to stream and i was like what and so there are some really niche things in there and i'm really excited about it so um just you know, maybe give movie another another look um oh yeah so. and if you try i mean i can attest to this is why i still have it is like if you try to leave they're like but wait <laughs> so but it's wait. like a little <laughs> bit pricey that yeah. you can you can get like a good deal and it's I totally agree it's so worth they mm-hmm. have a bunch of Hong Sang Su movies that I haven't seen on there right now that mm-hmm. we're watching. oh definitely I'm excited about that um so this one uh is still on there at the time of recording called uh Melina also a German film uh strangely from 1991 um by Werner Schroeter um I assume I'm, it looks like Werner Schroeder. I'm assuming it's German, probably Werner Schroeder. Um, so I have been wanting to watch his movies for ages. They're really hard to track down. He was like the, what's it called? New German cinema, you know, with Fassbender. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so again, just kind of hard to track down his film. So I was excited to see one. I was hoping to see one from the 70s, but um, this one has Isabel Huppert. So 
Um, I thought it'd be interesting. And speaking of wild rides, if you want a wild ride, just watch an Isabel Uper movie. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So again, saw this like a minute ago. So <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm sure listeners are like, cool. I can't, I mean, tell me your bastardized version of like, like a movie you have to remember. That's fun. Um, but it's based on well, a that's novel part of the adventure. by, um, Ingrid- right. I mean, it's through the filter. Of, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's part of the, the wild ride. Uh, so, okay. Based on a novel by Ingeborg Bachman, uh, the movie follows a philosopher and writer, Isabel Huppert, um, as she pretty much just like looks gorgeous. So like, you know, the outfits, the, the apartment she lives in, which I think think belongs to one of her two lovers so there's kind of a lover's triangle Mm. thing there so it's just her like with some like really stellar outfits that I would 1000% wear right now gorgeous apartment um so she's like writing she's on a typewriter she's constantly just like throwing papers just like so it's one of those kind of movies like I feel like Synecdoche kind of or Synecdoche New York kind of owes a bit of gratitude to this because like or well for one thing about I don't know if it's halfway or, or you know near the end of the movie her, the apartment is just like a little bit on fire like more and more until it's like you know just on fire like while she's like doing things and things are going on or like a fight's happening or something um so you know there's a lot of that kind of thing a lot of uh um dream logic I guess you call it kind of a robe grier mystery vibe so I don't even know if I can tell you what it's about mm. but it's pretty much just like her looking gorgeous she's writing she's um going to some speaking engagements um uh, on philosophy um oh yeah this all happens in vienna uh but there's some travel in it too um yeah i mean honestly like th- there's a lot of philosophical musings it's one of those you know films where people are just saying these like things that are like these non sequiturs but they sound good you know when you're like yeah. what the hell are you talking about <laughs> um yeah so uh it's yeah you know if you're in, the, in that kind of you're like i want like a romer film but a little crazier. <laughs> it's kind of like that vibe. Like sounds like turned up the crazy. I feel like nothing yeah. really happens in his movies. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's sometimes like, it works. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. Well, speaking of fabulous outfits, my mm. next one is Max Monomore by mm. Nagisa Oshima, which that was on movie, and that's why yeah. I watched it. I think I texted you when it was on. I was like, oh yeah, like <laughs> I've been waiting for. I just got to see what this because I had like yeah. seen this is one of those mm-hmm. ones where like I've seen stills of it and I'm like yeah. wow Charlotte Rampling looks amazing in this yeah. but like what's going on and what's what is that, that monkey? <laughs> uh yeah what's with that monkey that's pretty much the <laughs> there's the uh alternate title <laughs> I love that in Letterboxd the like subhead is a love triangle of primate proportion <laughs> And it's, yep. you know, it is what it says. The wife of a British diplomat in Paris takes a chimpanzee as her lover. So it is an yep. ape. It's an ape. Okay. We get it. It's um. a primate. But, um, you know, there's a difference, I suppose, among types of primates. But yeah, uh, yeah. so Charlotte Rampling looks, it's, it's what, 70, 86. So it's like that primo. You know, I kept thinking it was the 70s too. And then as soon as I saw her hair, I was like, oh no, this has got to be the 80s. Because so, yeah. it, it's so wild that it feels like late 70s cocaine logic not like 80s cocaine logic in a way Mm -hmm. so you know the wildest part about the movie and I'm sure you can attest it's like it's they play it pretty straight considering it's Mm -hmm. like it's not played for kind of broad laughs it's treated as if this is just like 
like a, a social poly- issue like, like a, a social issue we need to like finally address yes. that women can love primates yeah <laughs> that's really how it feels like it I mean just like some oh and to be clear there's not an don't worry there's not like a abused chimp actor in this it's fully a full-grown man and it oh yeah one of the mm-hmm. those strange I mean it's it's pretty realistic of a chimp suit but it's, yeah it honestly it, like the guy does a good job yeah yeah but I mean when he's, <laughs> he's like loping a, but uh yeah so you just basically get to see this like gorgeous Paris apartment and it's Charlotte Rampling in like a lot of I mean I think she's in monochromatic outfits the entire time like every look mm. is pretty much monochrome so amazing and this chimp man thing is caressing her face and it's like it's also so interesting because the husband is just um like he's jealous of the chimp but he's not like I have to get my child away from this wife and you know he's just um he's not trying to call like ASPCA or anything it's just (laughs) uh it's a real they're very they take pains to be like it's consensual and you're like I yeah okay and it's like it's like a tender love story. It's like yeah. true love. Yeah, it's it's got an interesting tone. Oh, and we also if we're talking about style. Um, her, I guess it's her mother, right? Don't they go to like the country? Yeah, or something. And her mother is like convalescing, and her looks like she's only really in the movie for like a couple of scenes. Oh yeah, shots. But she's just got like the I don't even know how to describe it, but just these these looks like that like. I have uh I should have should start an inspo board for like okay when I'm like 70 plus like totally you know, years old but this is how I want to dress and that would be on the board so like when I'm um taking my daughter's chimp lover out to the woods and trying to be like <laughs> run free get out of here like this is pretty weird yeah. <laughs> um yeah it's just I don't know like I feel like it really does feel so wild because it's just so understated that it's um like I don't don't know what to like I'm not giving this a rating like I had a good time that's for damn sure like you can't help the humor comes from you being so uncomfortable you have to laugh you know yeah um it reminds me a lot of I can't remember if it's called like a slightly pregnant man or it could be like a very pregnant man but it's uh, anyways one of those and it's got I think Marcello Mastriani and I truly cannot remember if it's like a a Catherine Deneuve movie but I just remember he's in it and he Am I wrong that it may be a Jacques Demi movie? I could be totally, I haven't thought about it in a long time. But basically, it's Martello Mastriani, I think that's his name, and he becomes pregnant. And it's just kind of like you think it's going to be so like, bah, 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 bah. yeah, but it's actually like just like pretty straightforward. And you're like, okay. And it's kind of absurd, but it's, it's not making fun of itself or anyone, or it's just this is what's happening. Anyway, so if you're into to Max Mona Moore, we may check this. Uh, yeah, maybe. Whatever amount of pregnant man, <laughs> slightly, very, <laughs> somewhat. I, have you seen many of his movies? Oshima. I've um, only seen. Oshima. Yeah, wait, did he do those like erotic movies? Like, yeah, um, um, Pleasure. Oh, I can't remember. Called? In the realm <laughs> Pleasure's of in the, the title. Realm of the Flesh is the flesh, yeah. They're all, yeah, and pleasures of flesh is what you're thinking of. They're all a little wild, but they're all. Um, this one is is feels like an outlier, but I haven't seen that many of his movies, so I thought maybe you would be able to tell me if this is just like. 
Yeah. Um, the best one I've only seen, yeah, maybe three or four. Um, Boy is really good. Like genuinely just a great film about it. I mean, it's about a kid that like his parents are like con artists. So they do like, what is it when you um pretend you're hit by a car and they're like, okay, go run out there and pretend you're oh, hit by this car kind yeah. of thing. And so it's, it's just like a kind of a 400 blows sort of as far as like, oh, this mm. poor kid is going through some shit. Um, but yeah, that and I've seen one of either Empire of Passion or In the Realm of the Senses. Yeah, Realm of the Senses. Maybe both of them. Sorry, it's been yeah. a minute. And here's another thing that I kind of I'm like, it's not so much that my dreams for, and I'm just saying, I'll just say weirder movies, meaning like I've been in a big kick of watching like action films. Like how we talked about like yeah. my bar for what I'll watch these days is getting lower and lower. Um, but I, so it's not like a tolerance. It's just more of like making time for, I guess, or, you know, I just, for whatever reason, um, I guess maybe I'm working more these days. So if I'm watching something while I work, it's like, well, I guess it has to be English language because, yeah. you know, I kind of want to half, and it has, it can't be too good because I want to half ignore it while right. I'm <laughs> Anyway, um, which is not a great way to watch films. But I do feel like the way I've watched movies, obviously, lately has changed. And so it kind of makes me a little sad. I kind of want to be like, that's something I really liked about myself is like, I like weird movies. And so I, I really want to get back to that. And I'm saying weird in quotes, like, you know what I mean? Just criterion stuff or movie stuff. And so I don't know. This kind of inspired me to like get back to, the, you know, my, my roots of watching <laughs> yeah. wild stuff, you know? Anyway better looks I mean and well we'll talk about it on radar but there's certainly some some wild stuff that you find or I find unintentionally because I'll also watch like all kinds of like really technically crap from like 90s <laughs> thrillers but then I'm yeah. like this was much stranger than I thought but that's yeah yeah sometimes those horror things can surprise you um yes kind of horror adjacent <laughs> um I also watched on movie a snake of June from 2002 um it's Japanese by Shinya uh, Tsukamoto. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. Uh, Tsukamoto, um, who is also known or most famously known as the director of Tetsuo the Iron Man from 1989. Mm, okay. um, so he, I've only seen really, I mean, of these two um, from him. And he definitely seems to have like this whole like futuristic cyberpunk bondage eroticism vibe through his movies from what I can just glean from a lot of these are just like the covers because I think he's done a lot of like um or a few sequels to the Tetsuo Iron Man uh, movie so kind of like a, a little world he's building there but um yeah so this one might be a bit divisive like James hated it he was like oh like hate it and I was like wow. I was like it wasn't like my favorite but I was like on board with like it was definitely like a look and a world and like a singular vision and sometimes I'm like okay you know and especially if it's it was just like an hour and 15 minutes I'm like I can I can go along for the ride um it was, a bit, it was sort of like black and white but it had a blue tinge to it the whole movie so it was okay. like black and blue I guess it was so within this movie it was just like constantly raining buckets um, kind of had like a Guy Madden vibe to it cool. but basically yeah um, so definitely like a distinct style again I don't know if I'd say futuristic but a little grimier maybe than Guy Madden but it's centered around this like twisted love triangle I guess you could call it between this young repressed helpline operator I don't know if it's like a suicide line or a 911 thing but it just seemed like a helpline so it's her and one of her former male callers and the also the woman's older uh husband that does not seem interested in sex anymore and so um 
the the caller basically like kind of gets her into this like world of like kind of, kind of like dom sub like he calls her and he's like all right if like i've been taking pictures of you um through your window like you're actually like a basically like you kind of present yourself like you're very repressed and you're not interested as much in sex and your husband is not interested in sex when you are alone at home you really like like you know put on lipstick and put on a little leather skirt and like really let loose but only in your home and and you should be yourself all the time and so he's like all right go out in your leather skirt and like go to this you know train station or whatever you know so and obviously at the beginning I was like "Uh uh-oh you know yeah but then I was like wait a minute she I mean, kind of seems like a dumb, a, a, a sub dom situation. Like she's, you know, she's like kind of, cause she could obviously hang up the phone. Right. And I was like, I don't know. She seems like she's like into this little kink. Uh, like I said, not for everyone, um, but I, I appreciated its uh, distinctive style and oh yeah. And their house, like it was hard to tell because it was like a lot of texture on the, the film, but like, it looked almost like an observatory, like it was Astra. I was going to say astrological, astronomical, uh, kind of a observatory and like the walls like inside were like cement. So it had a really neat, like, but we still had like a warm, it wasn't like industrial, like a lot of space. It just looked like a cool apartment with like these big cement slab walls and like plants. There's like plants in the shower. And I'm like, Ooh, should I be putting like a palm in the, in the shower? (laughs) Like that looks really cool. Um, Yeah. So and also I'm just like realizing like, oh wait, all three of my movies kind of center around like a cool apartment, which I mean, I guess that's kind of our, our thing anyway, but yeah, uh, but yeah, anyway, it's on movie. Um, it's just over an hour, you know? So if you want something a little industrial kind of, oh, erotic, I don't know. Yeah. So maybe, um, you know, check it out. <laughs> I, you have intrigued me and basically, <laughs> especially for the interior design. So you're right. Yeah, we are all thinking totally. about interiors these days yes totally so my last one is day of the beast from 1995 it's by Mm. alex de la iglesia so it is a a comedy horror christmas movie so i thought i would give people some (laughs) seasonal like a seasonal treat so basically this basque priest decides that he needs to commit as many sins as possible <laughs> to prevent like the coming of the antichrist onto earth so that works yep so uh he goes to madrid right before christmas and he ends up linking up with this death metal uh <laughs> record store guy who is extremely cool and this host of like a like an occult tv show that he sees that he and the uh, metalhead see on tv because he's like we need to prevent the 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 birth of the antichrist (laughs) and how do i put this there's a real blending of like real horror but then they're also on drugs at various (laughs) points so there's kind of a surreal element um and it's just these just a classic adventure tale of these three guys just uh trying to locate kind of trying to call forth the sort of antichrist to confront Mm -hmm. it while also being on the run it's like one of those like mixed up you're like wait are you running towards something or away from something but you know it's 90s madrid so there's all this great uh neon and just grime Mm. Mm. um and 
yeah, it's just a very, there's like a good soundtrack. I don't know if you are familiar with his other films, but we watched this one for uh, my movie club. And we also watched Perdita Durango, which is also, I like I was texting you before, it's potentially <laughs> a wilder ride because it's actually based on, oh gosh, it's based on a character from Wild at Heart who I want to I'm trying to remember who plays it's like a minor character but anyway that one it's um got like just a big old content warning just slap a big old (laughs) content warning on Perdita Durango but if you want to see if you have a high tolerance for that stuff which I do you want to see Rosie Perez and Javier Bardem but anyway this one is a Christmas movie so if you are tired of kind of the like usual like diehard blah 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 yeah. I was gonna say I saw it a while ago because I was seeking out as I have mentioned before like I love metal centric or metal themed horror movies like uh, Trick or Treat and like Deathgasm I think is what it's called and yeah so I I watched that I, I can't remember I think I remember liking it I just don't remember any distinct like stuff about it but yeah, yeah I remember seeking it out and being like oh fun this is perfect and I do actually think that there's some pretty clear commentary on like what evil actually is. So I appreciated mm-hmm. that aspect, cool. um, especially like in the context of sort of post-Franco Spain. So I, yeah. I appreciated that little <laughs> tie-in. If you're familiar with like Western European 20th century politics, I think there's some, <laughs> I think there's some little chestnuts there. <laughs> It's time for our pitch, our original pitch. We make up on the spot. We both brought some elements. I brought a few more because <laughs> uh, I'm extra. So I will throw, uh, it's kind of a fully formed idea, but maybe your actor <laughs> that you bring to the table will throw a wrench in it and make it interesting. Or maybe it's yeah. just going to be a smooth, uh, like a smooth ride here because I think it's a pretty good idea. So I usually try to um, pick uh a title for like a random title I found along the way. And so I can't remember specifically, but I think I was looking at the movie I mentioned, uh, Durfan and one of the actors in it. And I was kind of just looking at, at their filmography. So I saw a film that was called, okay. A Wop Babaloo Bop, A Lop Bamboo. What? Uh, yeah. Uh, I love that. Uh, from 1989. Uh, it's a German film. Um, I'm trying to remember. It was about like a early 1960s, uh, like it's New Year's Eve. Um, I don't know. Something like some about a small town in Germany and New Year's Eve in the 60s. I don't know. I'm sure there's good music or something in it, but um, it looks cute. And I want to I want to watch it now. But um, so the actor um, I want to see more of is Divine Joy Randolph. Um, I don't know if you saw the Hulu series High Fidelity. Yes, um, she's. She's playing like the Jack Black character. So she is a blast. And um, this is such a like a weird little um, rabbit hole thing where this all kind of came together, though. I was just like, for some reason, thinking about the word outskirt. And I was like, oh, is there an inskirt? I don't know, whatever. And then I was like, oh, wait, outskirts. That would be a great name for like um, like a woman 
uh, motorcycle gang, especially like the Ooh. 60s, kind of like a Shangri-La's kind of style, you know, whatever. And so I just want her to be like, so that's the title, Wop Wop Loop Wop Wop is the title. And it's her, and she's like the head of a 1960s women's motorcycle gang called The Outskirts. I mean, come Ooh, on, how cool yeah. is that? And I just want to see her in like a black leather jacket and like maybe a huge, you know, huge hair situation. And maybe like her like job job if she needs one is like a mechanic. And um, and so I'm trying to think maybe I should. Well, I know the trope is not even really a trope. It's sort of like the anti-trope in that like we've talked about like I hate these like false dramatic beats or like any kind of like come up and sort of like this like stress thing of like things aren't going to work out, you know, whatever. And I was like maybe it's because like queen's gambit or whatever, but I was like, I want things to work out. I want her to be good at what she does. Nothing. I mean, it's not that nothing happens in the plot, but just like, you know, like nothing bad, that bad happens. The stakes are pretty low and we get to just enjoy her and her gals and the looks and some, you know, maybe some music. And it's sort of like the outsider's but I care about the characters or something. I don't know. Anyway. So, um, I don't know. So, uh, I didn't know like what your actor. Yeah, <laughs> like, this is. I'm like, like I will. This will be an any... interesting shoehorn. stand. Okay. Well, uh, my actor was Elliot Gould. Okay. So... Perfect. So maybe the na- like a neighbor who maybe he wants to join the gang. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I'm I'm gonna think. Because I was gonna say, could it be? A... I was like, I'm not even want an adversary, but yeah, kind of like a, and I don't know how I feel about Jarmish, but that kind of like. You know, oh, this town is all like they're actually like really supportive of each other. So maybe yeah. instead of like an adversarial kind of relationship, it's like, oh, he's like a nice grandpa that's like helps them out. <laughs> or maybe there's some other gang that like comes to town, like, and then he like, I don't know, kind of lies. Like he's just sort of like doing something in the yard, you know, some yard work. I don't know. I haven't seen him. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I know. It's a I'm. He houses their motorcycles or so or he, he, like it's a place to lay low. Maybe or something. he maybe he's her employee. He's like he's like the oldest oh, mechanic yeah. that she that she yeah. has. Yeah. And I can you could still have the scene where someone's looking for her and he's like, I don't know. I'm I don't just know. And he's like, grandpa. he got a wrench and he's just shining the wrench or something with his like rag. And he's like, yeah. I haven't seen her. Never heard of her. Who? Yeah. I don't know. I just kind of wanted like a cute little story in that world i don't know just for the eye candy of it all and do you see it as a film or like a limited series because i could picture her having different Ooh, adventures that's true um maybe a limited series let's do it a little mini like, series yeah different different uh <laughs> different little games. yeah yeah <gasps> i can't i can't stress enough though the the stakes could not be lower i just want it to be fun and cute yeah, yeah. without being like twee but you know what i mean like right just, like yeah Oh, what's that? Um, I mean, there's some stakes in, is it Lodge 49? Oh, yeah, like a Lodge That's, 49. Oh, that is a perfect vibe. Did you watch like, that? Yeah, we did watch it. It's like, you know, where it's okay. not like there's like no stakes, but it's also yeah, yeah. not there's that just, it's like. Yeah, there's like real life stakes, I guess, like genuine, like, yeah. But it's also stakes. not um, like. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's like. Fake stress, kind of. I don't know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. You know what's too bad is I read that she was supposed like there's supposed to be another season of High Fidelity, and she was going to be the focus. And then like yeah. Hulu didn't renew it because I don't know they suck and they suck. Well, that's that's sucks. Um, because yeah, I would have loved because I was it was a great show. It was cute, you know, and 
<sighs> yeah, that's a shame. Yeah, we can't just, that would be another example of something that was like, as you know, I am allergic to prestige TV. I won't watch it. I don't care. And I actually like am hostile to water cooler type conversations about like mm-hmm. very popular shows. So I appreciated mm-hmm. that show because like no one really cared about it. And it was like not, yeah. actually, it was like well acted and just like fun and low key, but it wasn't trying mm-hmm. to be anything bigger than it was. Yeah. It was just letting exactly. it, it was just being an enjoyable show. Um. Also, uh, maybe there could be a uh, like some sort of rock and roll band. Maybe she's also I don't know. I'm just saying that's that oh, could be yeah. one of the episodes. There's a band because I she's already that way. She'll get her, you know, she'll finally get her Give story her out season. there. You know, her, her music in this in this version. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I think it sounds like a winner. Yeah, I think I think one now that we've got Elliot Gould as the employee, I'm happy with that. <laughs> uh, I'm happy with that dynamic. Yeah, I, I want a grandpa. Yeah, where they're like, okay, like you can just you can just be over here polishing this in your, in your rocking chair. Let's just talk about a few things that are on our radar, uh, some things we've been watching, or if you have anything you're looking forward to, or, or things that, you know, warnings of things to avoid. Yeah. So for me, let's see, uh, again, bar, uh, the bar for watchability is just keeps getting lower and lower. Uh, I'm basically at the level of like things you'd watch on an airplane and fall asleep to, but that's fine. Um, but a good one uh, was Passenger 57, speaking of airplane stuff. Um, Passenger 57, the Wesley Snipes uh, movie on a plane. I don't know. It's just like a good, if you want an action film, it's it's pretty fun. Um, let's see what else. I'm trying to think. Sorry, I'm going down my movie list right now. Um, let's see. Hellraiser 2. Let me see. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. You know, all. we watched that too. <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> well, because we watched... Um... What the heck? Night. night what what was the Nightbreed? Nightbreed? Nightbreed. We watched Nightbreed. Oh, that's a wild ride. I was not Yeah, yeah. That was a I think that's a treat. That's a talk about Yeah, that's fun. It's that just like this weird Canadian treat. <laughs> yes. But Hellraiser 2 is just Yeah. It's in the it's the one like in the hospital, right? Because like Yeah. Yeah. And then the Cause yeah, the third one, I, for some reason I went from the first one to the third, who knows anyways. Um, but I was like, I think I've seen the second one and I watched it. I was like, Nope, haven't seen this. And it was fun. <laughs> and it is in the camp of, we were just talking about, about how there'll be horror movies where it's like, are you trying to get away from this thing? Or are you kind of yeah. just trying to fight it? Or like, I truly don't understand. And this could be a whole, I'm sure there's like podcasts devoted to this. Like, so the puzzle box it's like sometimes it's like no, and sometimes it's like good, give it to me, like open it, don't open it, close it, uh, yeah. twist it, you know, bop it. Um, it's a '90s kid to toy it. commercial. It is, and it's just like, what can't it do? I, anyway, so I'm really <laughs> unclear on the rules and like, I guess the plot, quote unquote. I understand it's just like the Cenobites are like, I mean, mostly bad. I don't know why I'm getting to this now. Anyways, it's not the Halloween episode, but like they're like bad, but then sometimes they can be like kind of good depending on if they're trying to kill someone else 
I think we're thinking of the same scene where you're like, oh, okay. Oh, I guess it's fine. And then like, well, people are wearing each other's skins and stuff. I did not, I, I wouldn't say I understood any of it. But it was, you know, it was, it was fun. Nearly avant-garde. And you know, is it Hellraiser 2 or the first Hellraiser that like Coil was supposed to do the soundtrack? And then like, I don't know. the film company was like, no, Danny Elfman or something oh, stupid God. like that is doing it. <laughs> Ooh, ooh. Sorry, yeah. I just think of his stuff as like boing. Yeah, just maybe sorry, like doop doop. Okay, sorry. Sound effects, just just yeah, Microsoft just like, sound effects. Yeah, it's like the Seinfeld theme, but kind of spaced out. Hey, <laughs> don't, don't you know what? Don't malign that guy. I saw like a whole thing about how like the guy that did the Seinfeld theme would do it for every episode. He would like do it slightly different. Oh, okay. And he would like record it. It's just like a real like jazz dad like in his home studio yeah. being like boom boom boom. Anyway. <laughs> Oh, okay. I did not know. It's very, it's endearing. I'll say that. I, uh, okay. For Thanksgiving, James and I watched Cats. It was stupid. I mean, hot take. It sucked. I don't know. There's not really much to say there. Uh, it wasn't fun at all. Oh yeah. There's this show on Amazon. It has, it's one of those that has a bad title. So I think that's probably why it, no one watched it. It's called Patriot, but it's oh. not about the, what you think. Um, it's like a CIA, like assassin guy. That's like, and his dad's like the CIA. It's t- it's like a lot of good actors. So it's like, um, what's the guy that played the dad on that '70s show? Um, oh yeah, I, I don't totally remember. Totally had it, and then I lost it. But like Terry O'Quinn is in it. So there's like these great old guys. And uh, anyway, so Terry O'Quinn is his dad, and he's like in the CIA, and he's like, "Hey, son, you need to do these missions," you know. And and then the son's just kind of like, "Okay." And so, but it's a lot of like he has to ingratiate himself, like get this job, like the son, the the main guy has to get a job at, at this like piping place in like I don't know the Midwest because they will travel to like Iran and so he's like oh you gotta go to Iran like kill a certain guy so like you have to the way to get in there is like you have to get this really boring job so a lot of it's just like this office politics and so like the first season is honestly like some of the and I, it's not like in a prestige tv way it's just like oh that's one of the most like I don't know surprising seasons of tv I've ever seen like it's really interesting and it kind of has a lot we keep talking about Lodge 49 but it kind of has like a little bit of that that flavor. oh interesting um, but not like it's sweet but like it's kind of like oh I didn't expect that to happen that's interesting and season two is like oh it also shows the real life consequences of like oh what if someone makes a mistake because you know in all these spy things like people um just like things work out and they have you oh, know yeah. or if they don't work out it's just like things just blow up and so who cares you know don't worry about but it's like it's like he will have a certain like okay assassinate this person but he'll the the guy on like his assistant guy will just like gave him the wrong address so it's like okay uh well the guy wasn't there because you gave me the wrong address like lots of like really oh yeah things you know so anyway a lot of uh, the constant like you actually see the consequences of stuff so that's interesting because you don't see that a lot um but yeah season two i didn't like as much but um it's probably because again it shows the real life consequences and he's like concussed like the whole because it only happens over a few days and so like the half of the show is just like a little bit of a warbled view oh vision so it's like it kind of gets old and i'm like i get it he's concussed like he can't (laughs) see i was like i understand that's like a real life stake but it's also like okay (laughs) anyway but um but season i mean season two is still great but season one is amazing and uh oh yeah james and i watched bugsy because i was like oh bugsy and that binning and and all that and style it was have you seen it it's absolutely don't watch it it's it's written by james is it james toback the serial assaulter guy he's a piece of shit anyway the movie sucks 
and I think he was up for like a bunch of Oscars. Didn't deserve them, uh, but the Oscars sucked too. But anyway, oh yeah, unrelated. Sorry, I'm really going on a tear. Unrelated. Did you know that Annette Benning's name is spelled like B E N I N G? There aren't two N's in the middle. That really freaks me out. Okay, sorry. That it's was one of those Berenstein Berenstein yeah. things. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah really freaked me freaked my beans man um but yeah i think that's pretty much it i mean i watched mank uh i enjoyed that because i like old movies stuff you know so i was like oh i know who that that's cedric gibbons when they say cedric i know who that is meant to be and stuff you know um so it's good for for nerds i just enjoyed all the people especially like Sean from all units making like Orson Welles jokes on Twitter, like basically oh, just really? making jokes in the way that Orson would talk. Ooh, I like <laughs> and that. I, I was like, now this is a gag that I, hey. this is a Twitter gag for me. Do appreciate. Yeah. I haven't seen the movie, but I was like, no, yeah. I can just enjoy the Twitter. The no, Twitter no, yeah. It's, it's not for it. everyone. I just, I like the, like, and I love those old like writers, like all the old like Algonquin guys, like going to Hollywood and writing stuff. I just, I don't know. I kind of, I'm a sucker for that sucker for that whole world. So, um, but yeah, like that's pretty much it. I mean, other than just like some really bad, like watching for some reason we watched like uh, we're watching the Matrix, you know, the trilogy. I'd only seen the first <laughs> one, so we're like, okay, I guess we're gonna watch this. I don't know. So lots of strange choices. Don't yeah, judge me. I won't. Uh, don't don't you dare. Uh, anyway, how about you? I've been talking for fifty hours. I'm sorry. <laughs> you it's funny because um my uh, boss and I were just like doing a script for this like um educational session we're doing on Monday and we were like literally looking at like okay wait this is like talking too long like we need to break this up (laughs) one person can't (laughs) because you start to get punchy that's what happens yeah yeah it's happened Um, (laughs) which I think has already happened to me in this recording but hey yes (laughs) um so one thing that I like mega recommend is and this is why Elliot Gould was like in my in my pitch. Uh, the Silent Partner. I'm sure oh, you've yeah. seen it. Uh, so another Christmas movie, a Canadian Ooh. Christmas thriller. <laughs> so I'm providing you with not one but two Christmas movies that will not make you sad. Will just be like, hell yeah, this is crazy. Uh, so 1978, Daryl Duke and Elliot Gould. It's like he works in a bank in a mall. This is like the heyday. Like the malls are on the the come up. <laughs> yeah. In Toronto. And he he's like a sort of, I mean, he's like a guy who talks a lot about like his fish tank and rare fishes. Like that's where we're going. That's okay. his. That's okay. Enough. So like that coworker. <laughs> and he realizes that this mall Santa is going to rob his bank. Uh, and so he's like, maybe... I got a little plan for myself. And actually this could have almost fit in the wild rides because uh, his antagonist is Christopher Plummer playing like someone who is a actual like sociopath. And it's so scary. Yeah. Um, And Susanna York is in it for some reason, but she's just also there. Okay. Kind of Um, thankless sort of thing. But it's like this real cat and mouse thing where it's like, well, if you rob the robber, what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. And like watching, like Ellie Gold is so amazing, but he just like goes from being this kind of like meek guy to like flipping the switch and just being like totally cold-blooded mm-hmm. calculating. Yeah. So it is a real, like that would be like my number one Christmas recommendation. You could watch that on like Christmas Eve and then you can watch Day of the Beast on Christmas Day. That's oh. your, got it. You got your plans. Uh, sorry to interrupt with more talking, um, but I just remembered, I think I mentioned this before, but Comfort and Joy 
is a um, what's the name? Bill Forsyth, yeah, um, Scottish director, a uh, movie uh, based like it's like Christmas based too. So comfort and joy. I feel like it's, I've seen it around at some point. So that's just sorry, just one last little Christmas and tidbit. I think it's it's streaming somewhere. Yeah. Like I've Maybe seen it or something even like I don't know, but it's, it's around. Yeah, I think yeah. Or it was semi recently. Uh, another one I watched that I'm like, do I actually texted you about this? I was like, I don't know if I liked it or not. Lisa, <laughs> 1990 by Gary Sherman. Uh, Cheryl Ladd is an overprotective mother and she doesn't want her like 14 year old daughter to go do anything, but her daughter is like a little stalker and <laughs> turns out that she's stalking a guy who is like a serial murderer. <laughs> Oh my so God. there's a lot of like phone oh. cat and mouse and it is i mean again there's probably a content warning on like every damn movie we talk about but oh, there's a big ever. content warning I mean, on that any movie made before literally like five seconds ago is you yeah. know tough yeah. times yeah. uh but it's like you know it's like late 80s because from 1990 it's late 80s la and they live in this cool Cheryl Ladd's the floors, they live in her kind of warehouse. And so there's just a lot of school mm. scenes in this loft and her, this teen girl trying to be, she thinks she's being a creep and like actually is legitimately stalking this guy, but then he's actually a murderer. And so it's, it's fun. And I think that's on like a million places. That's on Tubi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, also watched The Velvet Vampire on Criterion, which Ooh, yeah. those outfits- Criterion? It's on Criterion. I Shit. Think. Okay. Because I saw like a real bad transfer of it like a while ago. I was like, yeah, it's the looks are so Oh, fun. my God. I mean, so I guess I should say. So Stephanie Rothman, 1971. And it's like Joshua Tree Desert Vampire. Uh, she is obviously super freaking cool. She has amazing 70s looks. Lots of matching sets. And... You just want to watch her terrorize these like kind of dumb blonde California <laughs> yeah. people. Like I can't yeah. emphasize enough that it just looks yeah, really good. It's really sexy. There's, I mean, there's some good stills I can post from that. Oh yeah. Those for days. Yeah. And then what is, oh, watched Penance, which is like a, oh, yeah. it's like a limited series by Kiyoshi Kurosawa who did, uh, cure and that really Pulse. or well or is it Cairo? i don't know if it's like Cairo. k it's like a, the other uh, title of it is pulse yes and it's one of my favorite i think about it like every it's like once a week so scary and, yeah um and oh, i was gonna say i almost oh, talked about he did creepy yeah too. oh creepy and yeah and i almost today almost uh the wild ride thing i almost talked about doppelganger i just watched that and it was oh too. i want to watch that yeah. well this one is you know it's like 300 minutes so we just treated it like it was a limited it, it aired as a limited yeah, yeah. series in japan but it's like whoo it's basically like a girl a little girl is murdered and then her four friends three or four friends feel guilt because her mother is like you little idiots let the <laughs> murderer get away and so each each one like each girl as an adult has this very very strange sequence that you watch like it's kind of like different chapters he pushes you to areas of like deep discomfort and Mm -hmm. this is definitely an example of that and then one of the uh actors in it is sakura ando who is amazing like i've talked about a couple of her movies i think she was in half a millimeter and she was in shoplifters Mm -hmm. which is like kind of and that 
one is so good. Anyway, so that was like a that was a good watch, and that'll take up 300 minutes of your time. So that's pretty <laughs> damn good. Oh, and then this is a, just like a straight up must see. Uh, the movie Xiao Yu by Sylvia Chang from 1995. I think it's like the great American immigration movie. So it's hmm. like about a young uh, Taiwanese woman who is struggling, like basically like goes into a green card marriage because her boyfriend uh, wants her to. Hmm. And it is so subtle and real. Yeah, I just... I think that everyone should see it like it's just very nuanced in a way that like I don't think I've seen another movie that handles it quite that and it's just yeah it's just a fantastic movie I think it's criminally under like there's only 46 reviews on Letterboxd that is Hmm. shocking to me but it is on movie so okay I thought I saw it the title sounded familiar yeah okay and then um, we have gotten into like K-dramas, Korean dramas, which is, by the way, like, I'm always like about to give up Netflix and then it, it's almost <laughs> like know. you watch one thing and it like opens up a new secret room that you didn't know existed yeah. in there. They're um, terrible about letting people know what they have. Yes. Stream. It doesn't make any sense to me. They like push the same like four things and I'm like, I don't want to watch any of that. But then it's like they have, you know dozens of k-dramas but we did start watching one that's actually too scary for me but i will um recommend it i guess because joel really loves it and it's a horror series called strangers from hell and it is i think it's just because it plays on my nightmares so this kid it's like young 20 something moves to Seoul to have an internship and he's like really broke so he can only live in like the worst apartment possible like in this building's about to be condemned and it's like kind of one of those where you like have your room and then there's like a shared bathroom and shared facilities but it's just every other neighbor there is like a murderer who is just like the most frightening person you can imagine so it's like it's a horrible facility like it's just like ugh, so gross and there's no window and it's the saddest little like room in the world and then on top that's already hell and then on top of that it's like everyone who the other people who are residents are like so frightening and are basically constantly like about to do crimes and murders and all that stuff and it's just it's so unsettling that uh, I told Joel we can't watch it too close to bedtime so I'm like it's too oh. scary like the idea of neighbors from hell like just like they're the walls are paper thin and they're just always like in the mix menacing you so right. um yeah and this was caution. uh and this isn't like an anthology like a, a series this is these are this is a movie oh no sorry it's a series it's a series it is a series okay all right. sorry fine. it's a series it's like a I think it's only one season if you like, you know, any of the kind of like Korean horror stuff, there's yeah, and like action stuff. It's it's grimy. I will check it out. Yeah, thank you. Strangers from Hell. It just sounds so scary, <laughs> especially in this day and age. Scary neighbors from Hell. Shit. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us. Uh, we hope that you. Uh, this inspires you to have some wild rides to go on some wild rides of your own you know you're browsing and you're like I've never heard of that hey give give it a look give it a little look see <laughs> we both have and it's had mixed results <laughs> yeah uh, so you can 
uh, subscribe to keep up with us. And uh, we are also on Twitter at Storyboard Pod and Instagram at Storyboard Podcast. And you can message us if you have thoughts, questions, things like that. One of us will see it. Uh, maybe give us a week. <laughs> Yeah, give us. Hey, man, we're just asking hey, for a little bit of grace. You know. I'll probably see the Twitter one at some point, and Lars probably see the Instagram one. Instagram, you know, check in every week or so. <laughs> we're all just doing, doing the best we can. Just trying to get by, man. Yeah, exactly. Thank God we have all these movies available for us yeah. to watch. 